tonight's news from a galaxy far, far away. Australia bomb deployed in Vietnam War. Russian robot pops and becomes glob of toxic slime. And serial killer has pulse taken by shock treatment. Plus, coming up next, we go in-depth on the mystery of what makes cows laugh. Those are the headlines. Now stop licking your plate. News bang. The news stripped bare of its hypocrisy. 1968. The war in Vietnam has taken a dramatic turn for the worse. The first Australian task force, who'd only gone out for some fanta and fags, have stumbled into a den of communist activity in Operation Coburg. North Vietnam, backed by the Soviets and Chairman Mao's Chinese takeaway, were hell-bent on bringing capitalism to its knees, or at least force it to adopt communism. The first Australian task force, think of them as Crocodile Dundee with greener hats, joined the fray in 66. It was just like any other day here in the jungle, said Private Bruce Bazooka from Melbourne via Surrey. We were humping through the undergrowth when all of a sudden we came across these Viet Cong chaps setting up their radio gear. Captain Randy McMeltdown takes up the story. We were caught with our pants down, but that didn't stop us. We opened fire with everything we had, M16s blazing like Kylie Minogue at Glaston Bleedingberry. The Viet Cong, meanwhile, were busy tunnelling their way into history books with bamboo spoons and determination stronger than faux real. American casualties reached new highs or lows depending on your point of view as General Westmoreland declared he could see Saigon from his rice paddy. 1978. The year 1978 will go down in history as the day the Soviets lost their space marbles. Cosmos 954, a snooping satellite with a faulty nuclear reactor and an even more faulty satnav, decided to spice up Canaba's dull day by raining radioactive debris over its northwest territories. Most of it landed harmlessly in Yellowgniffy, but locals were still glowing mad. Mofata. Bystander Bubba McTundra said, I was out catching moose when I saw this here glowing thing fall from the sky. Next thing you know, my beaver trap had melted into a fine puddle of green goo. Authorities have assured residents there's no cause for alarm unless they suddenly develop superpowers or an irresistible urge to take over the world. In which case, please call us here at Newsbang HQ, where we can either help you become our new presenter or organise your own TV show. Cruelty to supervillains. 1989. In this day in 1989, notorious American killer Ted Bundy met his maker in the Florida chair of electricity. The one-time used car salesman and part-time serial murderer had been on death row for longer than some have had been alive, which is ironic when you think about it. Bundy, who confessed to 30 murders but was suspected of more, went to his doom with a new haircut and a clean shirt. For tea, tea. Today at 6.02am EST, old Sparky, Florida's trusty electric chair, sent him off with more volts than a Six Flags theme park on steroids. Witnesses described it as a grisly spectacle, which is fitting considering half the audience brought picnic blankets and snacks to watch. Newsbang, unraveling the ball of yarn of misinformation. Presenting your forecast for tomorrow. Shakanaka Giles with a forecast as frosty as a frog in a freezer, but not quite as delightful. Buckle up for a roller coaster of meteorological mischief across the nation.
bright and early tomorrow, we'll have a crisp winter morning. Temperatures dipping below freezing, like a dip in the North Sea. But fear not, for the sun will soon rise, turning the frosty landscape into a glittering wonderland. By midday, we'll see some flurries of snow. Not enough to cancel your plans, but enough to give your Instagram a festive touch. In the afternoon, the wind will pick up, as if Mother Nature's decided to play a rousing game of catch me if you can. Keep those hats and scarves handy. And finally, as night falls, expect clear skies and stars twinkling like fairy lights on a Christmas tree. In summary then, frosty mornings, snowy flurries, gusty afternoons and starlit nights. And that's all the weather. Mm. 1968. The Vietnam War, a tumultuous epoch of international strife, saw the first Australian task force engage in Operation Coburg against the People's Army of Vietnam and the Viet Cong. This 20-year conflict, marked by heavy fighting, culminated in the communist takeover of Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia. For more on this story, we turn to our war correspondent Brian Bastable. This is my war... The sun dipped below the horizon like a fiery potato just now as we crawled into our sleeping bags in the forward command post. I took a mouthful of toothpaste, but there was no water left to wash it down with. I woke up an hour ago and the landscape had changed dramatically overnight. There's now about half a million tons of weaponry lying around out there somewhere in this vast field, enough for everyone on earth to kill everyone else three times over. We moved into position at first light today as part of Operation Coburg. The orders were clear. Dig yourselves into the ground and wait for contact from either side or both sides if you're lucky enough to be attacked by two armies at once. We dug ourselves in here last night while somebody sang that haunting tune, Bring Back That Leroy Brown. It wasn't long before I heard what sounded like a farmer dropping his sacks all over my head from about 100 feet away. It turned out to be mortar fire from one side or another, who knows which. A nearby tank started playing some wild techno music with its cannon firing randomly off into the distance. Boosh! It must have found something because all hell broke loose after that with tracer bullets flying through the air faster than money moves out of Britain these days during tax season. That sound you hear is machine guns spitting bullets back and forth across this battlefield all day long and well into tonight too, probably. Gunfire so loud it makes deafening even more deafening than ever before, known since man invented gunpowder itself way back when John Major was Prime Minister right after Maggie Thatcher's stint ended disastrously in 1990. I'd approximately speaking timely-wise, if not exactly accurate-ishly speaking wise-o, logically spokenly parroted likewise. Brian Bastable reporting live from Vietnam War Zone. 2011. In a devastating blow to Moscow's Domodedovo Airport, a North Caucasian jihadist executed a suicide bombing, leaving 37 souls tragically lost. 
the Caucasus Emirate, an organization bent on establishing an independent Islamic emirate in Russia's North Caucasus region, claimed responsibility for the heinous act. As the second largest airport in Russia, Domodedovo serves millions of passengers yearly, making this attack a chilling reminder of the long reach of terror. Now we turn to Ken Shit for further insight into the aftermath of this heartbreaking event at Moscow's Domodedovo airport. Gather round, dear degenerates, as we embark on a journey back to the year of our Lord 2011, a time when men were men, women were women, and cats were cats. It was a time when the world was a much simpler place. Or was it? For on this fateful day, a North Caucasian jihadist decided to blow himself to smithereens at the Moscow Domodedovo airport. And why, you ask? Well, my dear friends, the answer is as clear as the blood that stained the airport floor that day. The Caucasus Emirate, a jihadist organization with more acronyms than you can shake a stick at, had a dream. A dream to establish an independent Islamic Emirate in the North Caucasus region of Russia. And what better way to make your dreams come true than by strapping a bomb to your chest and turning yourself into a human hand grenade? The Domodedovo International Airport bombing occurred on January 24, 2011. And let me tell you, it was a sight to behold. A scene straight out of the bowels of hell itself. But fear not, my dear friends, for the Domodedovo Airport is the second largest airport in Russia, serving millions of passengers annually. So even though this tragic event may have rattled our bones, we can rest assured that the planes will continue to take off and land. Business as usual in this big, beautiful and sometimes just a tad bit dangerous world of ours. So the next time you're rushing to catch your flight, take a moment to appreciate the fact that you're alive and that you're not currently being used as shrapnel in a terrorist attack. Um, 1848. Today in 1848, James W. Marshall struck gold at Sutter's Mill in Coloma, California. The discovery sparked a veritable stampede of fortune seekers, with an estimated 300,000 people descending upon the Golden State. This influx rejuvenated the American economy but wrought devastation on native Californians, hastening their population decline. The California gold rush is now the stuff of legend, and we have Melody Wintergreen to thank for her report on this historic event. Coloma, California, where the American dream is about to get a glittering reboot. James W. Marshall, a carpenter by trade but a prospector by fate, has just struck gold at Sutter's Mill. The whispers of wealth have turned into a full-throated roar as thousands descend upon these once sleepy slopes. They come with pickaxes in hand and dreams as big as the sky, ready to sift through the silt for their slice of prosperity. But it's not just the rivers that are being rerouted here, it's the very course of history. As the gold dust settles, the population booms, but at what cost? The native tapestry of this land unravels at the seams as prospectors pan for progress. And yet, amidst the rush, one can't help but wonder if we're panning for gold or for something much more elusive. Hope, opportunity, perhaps even freedom itself. So as Marshall's find sends ripples through time, we stand on the brink of an era where fortunes are found and lost in the flicker of a gold nugget. This is Melody Wintergreen, amidst the fevered frenzy of America's golden dawn. News Bang, 
a daily dose of truth served with a side of satire. Polly Beep transports us to 1966, where a deadly Air India crash, Greek military aviators display, and peculiar roadwork unfold. Bursting forth from the mists of time, we find ourselves in 1966. The clock is ticking away the hours, and we're hurtling towards a day that will go down in history. But fear not, dear listeners, for Polly Beep is here to guide you through the hustle and bustle of this fateful Wednesday. The airwaves are buzzing with a bit of bad news. Tragically, an Air India flight has met an unfortunate fate on Mont Blanc. A treacherous collision into Western Europe's highest peak has claimed all 117 lives on board. This chilling tale comes as we learn that amongst the fallen was none other than Dr. Homi Jahangir Papa, a key figure in India's atomic energy journey. But life must go on. If you're taking a leisurely drive along the M40 towards Banbury, keep your eyes peeled for flying objects. Greek military aviators are showing off their new Farman MF7 hydroplane near Junction 12. It's like watching birds dance through the sky, but with a touch more pomp and circumstance. If you find yourself in a classic car speeding along the old school A1M towards Lincolnshire, take heed. Road construction work is in full swing between Leeds and Doncaster. Expect heavy delays as workers scramble to make sense of these newly appearing highways in what was once Shropshire, but now appears to be part of Lincolnshire. Strange times indeed. Finally, be sure to wave hello to our heroes on horseback if you happen upon them near Newcastle's historic cobblestone streets. They've taken it upon themselves to enforce traffic rules with great enthusiasm and a little flair for the dramatic. Fear not though, they're merely practicing for a charity horse race this weekend. So buckle up and enjoy your trip down memory lane with Polly Beep by your side. 1978. And now our resident science correspondent, Calamity Prenderville, delves into a fascinating tale of 1970s space mishaps and British ingenuity. Brace yourself for a riveting journey through the cosmos and Canadian wilderness. Good evening, fellow space enthusiasts. Tonight, we're taking a blast to the past with a thrilling tale of British innovation and Soviet misadventure. It's 1978, and the Cold War is heating up faster than a microwaved burrito. Enter Cosmos 954, a Soviet reconnaissance satellite with a nuclear reactor so powerful it could power a small town in Yorkshire. Or at least that's what we're told. Now, here's where things get interesting. This nuclear-powered wonder malfunctions during atmospheric re-entry and scatters radioactive debris over Canada's northwest territories. Talk about a hot mess! But fear not, for British ingenuity saves the day. You see, the Northwest Territories are no match for our trusty Yellowknife radiation detectors, developed by none other than Sir Radium McRadiation Face himself. These bad boys can detect radiation from miles away, ensuring the safety of all Canadians and their beloved moose. But why stop there? We've also got our top-secret anti-Soviet radiation shields, deployed faster than you can say Boris and Natasha. These bad boys are made from the finest British steel, capable of withstanding even the most potent Soviet radiation. 
So there you have it, folks, another thrilling tale of British innovation triumphing over Soviet mishaps. And remember, when in doubt, blame the Russians. This is Calamity Prenderville from Newsbank signing off. Newsbang. Cutting through the bullshit with a machete of facts. Just time for the final roundup of tomorrow's newspaper headlines. Let's start with the Times. Chetnik's rebel in four-day Congress. There's a cartoon there of an uprising. The Independent opt for Egyptian start Mubarak revolution. That's next to a photograph of an angry protester. The Mail leads with suicide bombing by Tamil Tigers at Sacred Tooth Temple in Kandy. That one is taken up by those rare carnivorous plant sprouts from Yorkshire. Today go with newspaper complaints code ignored by Pigs Top Farming Weekly. There's a sentence about the Yorkshire Pigs Alliance there. And finally, the Guardian stick for the third day running with Watch This Space. You could argue that one's not actually news. Now remember, if you're pregnant and find that you've been turned into a tree, it might be time to consult your local mystic. But for now, Newsbang is closed until another day rolls around. So on that hilarious note, I bid you good night and we'll see you again sometime. Tune in next time for more artificially intelligent hilarity. Newsbang is a comedy show written and recorded by AI. All voices impersonated. Nothing here is real. Good night. Thank you.